blessed assurance. Greetings in Jesus' name. The message you are about Jesus to listen to is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Pulvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power. Welcome to a life-transforming message by Pastor Andrew Mutan. And washed in his blood. Now let's get into the word of God. Psalm 138. Psalm 138. Today we are continuing with our uh, message on foundations. Uh, by the grace of God, I want to wrap this up next Sunday uh, is when I will finish up the last part. Um, but I just want to take us through where we started uh, concerning foundations. Um, but let's first read the scripture, Psalm 138. And verse 2, it says, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above your name. I will bow down and worship toward your holy temple um, because you have magnified your name. I mean, your word above your name. Today we're going to be talking about another element of the foundation, which is the word of God. Amen? Amen? But so you can have everything in context, let me just take us back where we started. Uh, we said that foundations are very important. Foundations in a building are what cause the building to stand. It is not how beautiful the building looks on the outside. It is not uh, how the doors look like, or all these things, but it is what the foundation is that causes a building to become stable. And we say that stability doesn't mean that you're not going to be shaken. Stability means that even when you are shaken, you will come back to your point of equilibrium. That's the word that I used. It's a scientific term that means that even if you are shaken and shaken, you will always come back and stand. God wants us to stand the test of time. God wants us to finish well. There are many people who start, not many finish, and not many finish well. There are many people who are on fire today that will not be on fire five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And the reason is not that they don't love Jesus, not that they, they don't, you know, they don't, they're not excited by the things of God, but they have not taken time to build foundations that can help them to stand when the storms come. It is not in the good times that foundations are tested. It is in the storms. It is in the winds. 
it is in the rough times. Everybody can stand uh, and, 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 and tell of somebody who's trying to, uh, you know, maybe turn them the wrong path. But what do you do when somebody is there in your face day by day? Like Joseph, this woman was there every day asking him, come sleep with me, come sleep with me. It was not something that just happened one-off. It was a daily pressure. How do you handle daily pressure? Samson was not able to handle that. The Bible says Samson, because of Delilah's, you know, Samson was strong. Sometimes we think, well, he just wanted to give away his power. He didn't want to just give away his secret. But the Bible says he was vexed until death. In other words, the words of this woman kept, caused him to get to a place where he was like, let me just say what I have to say so this woman can leave me alone. And, and, and the devil likes putting us in a corner, in a pressure, where your job depends on your compromise, where your next deal depends on that bribe, where, you know, for you to get married, you've got to give in something. And many of us, that's the places where the real foundation is tested. Are we together? And so the time to build a strong foundation is not when you are in the heat. It is before the heat. It is before the struggles. It is before the, the challenges. Because but when that time comes, then it is too late to build a foundation. It is too late because now you don't have the capacity to hold that which you're supposed to hold. It's the same thing with visions, the same thing with dreams. There are many people that have great visions from God. But just because God has given you a vision doesn't mean it's going to come to pass. Just because God has spoken a prophetic word to you, it doesn't mean it's going to come to pass. There, there are things that must be put in place. And sometimes uh, answers to prayer delay because we don't have the right foundations in place. God does not want to give you something that will kill you. God does not want to give you something that will destroy you. So sometimes he delays what he wanted to release in your life because he's waiting for you to be ready. Are we together? And so the most important thing is to look at your life and say, where are the foundations destroyed in my life? The Bible says, Psalm 11 verse 3, when the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And the answer is the righteous rebuild them. The Bible says in, in, in Isaiah 58 verse 12 that those of you shall be called rebuilders of broken foundations of many generations. And so we are here because God has saved us, pulled us out of the world, pulled us out of many things because there is something he wants to do in our lives. There's something he wants to do in our family. There's something he wants to do in our nation. There's something God wants to do in Africa and he's going to use you. But before he does that, there are certain Evil foundations that must be destroyed. Certain things that you inherited, you know, things that you grew up in, just because you were raised that way, just because you've been through this, doesn't mean that's the right foundation to build on. You can destroy evil foundations and begin to rebuild the right foundations. And that the longevity of your life, the longevity of your family, the longevity of your ministry, the longevity of your marriage depends on what kind of foundations that you have built. Are we together? So we, we talked about the foundation, the fact that building foundation is expensive. That's why many people take shortcuts. It is expensive. 
to build a foundation, a good foundation. It is, does not come cheap. There, is, there are sacrifices that are made. It is easier to do what everybody else is doing. But when you choose the right path and say, I'm going to make sure I put the right material. Bible, we read a scripture in the book of 2 Timothy. Uh, I believe it's chapter 3 and verse 17. I don't remember very well. It says, in a large house there are many vessels. There are many vessels, some of clay, some of wood, some of silver. Uh, but if any man purifies himself, then he becomes a vessel of honor. Even in the church, even among ministers, there are many who have decided, let me just do a shortcut. It is the process is too painful. The process is so hard. I don't have to pray and fast and wait on God for, the, for his power and his grace and his anointing. Let, let me go to that uh, guru and get some power that I can still get people slain. I can still do miracles and not many people will know that I'm not using God's power. And that's how we have found ourselves with a lot of false prophets and false apostles and false teachers because people are trying to bypass the process. But God is calling us to be different. That's why I'm, I'm teaching this uh, on foundations. I'm, I'm, God is calling us to be different. It is not going to be easy to be different, but it is worth it. Are we together? It is not easy. But many times the reason why we, we think it is not easy is because we are looking at today. But we have to now begin to look beyond today. God has to heal us of that disease called myopia, which is short-sightedness. Where we always think about instant gratification, instant uh, blessing, instant increase. And we begin to think, how can I build something that can even outlast me? That can even outlive me? How can I align myself into God's plan that I will be able to see something that is not just for me, but that is going to touch generations? That's why Jesus Christ said what? I, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I chose you that you may bear fruit, fruit that will last. So that means God is not just concerned about us being fruitful today. He wants us to be fruitful tomorrow, fruitful five years from now, fruitful ten years from now. We've got to be fruitful. But we cannot be fruitful unless we have foundations. Amen? The other thing we saw is that uh, foundation, building a strong foundation, it has to be deep. Uh, you cannot be shallow when you're building foundations. You cannot be shallow. In fact, the higher you want to go, the deeper you need to dig. And we saw Psalm 92 verse 12, which says that the righteous shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon and like the palm tree. And, and we say that the palm tree is, ama is an amazing tree because the, the height you see above the ground is the depth that is in the ground. That's why it is not a very big tree. On the outside, it's not very impressive. But when tsunamis come and winds come, the palm trees are normally the last trees to fall. Why? Because they are so deep. They are not very big. Sometimes you don't be deceived at how big some, some, something looks like. Don't be deceived at the crowds and the glamour. That is not what causes something to last. 
Sometimes the things that God is building don't look so big on the outside. But, but God is still building the foundation that when the time comes for this thing to take off, it, it will be amazing. You know, I mean, when you look even, even in the natural, you look at these small planes, you know, they, 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 they just very, they have very short runways. They just have very, very few meters. Sometimes some of them not even a kilometer and they take off. The, 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 the huge planes. I don't want to brag, but I've been blessed to sit in all kinds of planes, including the biggest plane in the world. That, that A380, very big, it's a double cabin, very, very big plane that can sit almost 400 people. And, and, and that kind of plane, it takes a long time preparing. It gets on a runway, and, and, and it, by the time it takes off, it's really taken time. But, but when it takes off, even, some, even the, the grass around, even the trees around, anything that is around will, rea will, will acknowledge that something has taken off together so sometimes don't be so worried about other people seeming to advance before you don't be too worried about things not seeming to work for you because their path is not your path who knows maybe what god is preparing for you is is, is going to be much much bigger the greater the pain the greater the glory i don't know who i'm preaching to sometimes the greater you're thrown down it, it, we are like tennis balls the bible says the righteous man even if he falls down seven times he'll rise up again what happens to a tennis ball the harder you, th you hit it down the higher it will go and some of you have been through so much pain because God is preparing you for greater glory. I say some of you have been through so much affliction because like Paul, he says in Romans 8, 18, I consider that the present affliction cannot be compared to the glory that is about to be revealed. So there is glory that is up beyond your pain. There is glory that is beyond your sorrow. If only you can say, God, whatever it is you want to do in my life, whatever depth you want to building me uh, if you want me to pray deeper because you can never pray deeper unless you have pain deeply oh i don't know who i'm talking to you can never worship god deeply unless you have been through some pain some of the pain you've been through has been helping you to learn to pray not shallow prayers not religious prayers, but, but deep prayers. Like the woman called Hannah. The Bible says she was so provoked by Penina that one day she prayed and even the words could not come out of her mouth. She, she spoke and the, and, the, and the pastor of the church could not even understand her praying. And the pastor thought she is drunk and says, why do you become like a drunken woman? Says, my sorrow, my heart is full of sorrow and I'm pouring out my heart the Lord. I didn't come here for you, pastor. I didn't come here for a show. You know, you know there are people who are praying, who pray and it's like they're actually on a show. They, 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 they use the King James English. Oh, thou thy God, amazing, majestic. You know, but there are times when you don't even have time for that. You don't even want anybody to see you because there are tears everywhere. Everything, because the, the, the depth of the pain, you only want God to be there. And, and, and it is those times that begin to build you up. It is those seasons that build depth. 
It is those seasons that build intimacy with God. And that's what God is saying. If you are planted in the house of the Lord, which is what I'm going to talk about next Sunday. I want to go ahead of myself. But, but prayer is, comes, a foundation of prayer will help you to be deep. So foundations have to be deep. The cedar of Lebanon is not just deep, it is wide. We talked about the cedar of Lebanon. It, its roots can go 120 meters outside where it is planted. So for you to uproot the cedar, it is very difficult. The cedar's roots become so powerful that they break rocks. You just Google, you'll be amazed. Huge rocks. The cedar roots go through it and it breaks. God is comparing the righteous as the cedar. That means because of what God has prepared you to go through, you will not be consumed by the pain that you go through. I say because of what God has prepared you for. Anything that was to break you will not break you. It will just make you better. I say because of what God has prepared you for, even life will not have the ability to destroy you because you have life in you itself. Because Jesus was the life and the resurrection. Even death could not hold him. I don't know who I'm preaching to. There is life on the inside of you. There is strength on the inside of you. There is resilience on the inside of you. That the moment the enemy thinks you're over, you will, you will rise up again. I say you will rise up again. That's why Micah says... In Micah 7 and verse 7, Gloat not over me, my enemy. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light for me. Though I fall, I shall rise again. Don't count me out yet. Don't write me off yet. God has a plan that is bigger than my pain. But for you to be able to rise up like that, you've got to have some foundation. You've got to be like that seed. I pray. I pray that you begin to take seriously the decisions you make in your life. I pray that you begin to take seriously the choices you make in your life. Because the foundations are made of choices. Foundations are made of decisions. Every day you say no, you're building a stronger foundation. Every day you compromise, you're weakening your foundation. cannot afford to compromise on the material. You cannot say here, uh, I will put little cement. It's going to show up tomorrow when that building crumbles and you will lose what you've been building for, for a long time. So, what are these things that we must build? We said that Jesus Christ remains the foundation. He's the bedrock. He's the cornerstone. So, we must build on him. We, we cannot afford to just be religious people. We, we cannot just afford to be churchgoers. We must take our relationship with Jesus very seriously. Because it's all that matters. So we must remember he is the solid rock. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground, sinking sand. It, it is in times when you know, when, 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 when you lose someone important, that you begin to realize what was all this that someone was building? Because they leave everything 
And one day we're going to leave everything. Whatever you're building, if it's not Christ, it's going to stay here. Sometimes you think, well, I'm building for my children. They, they, they may not even realize you're building for them. But Christ, the solid rock, I stand. We must. He's the bedrock. He's the cornerstone. It doesn't matter what else you build on. It doesn't matter what else you, 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 you build. If Christ is not the cornerstone, that building is going to crumble. So, once we have Christ in place, then there are things that we must begin to build on. Amen? There are things that I have called elements of a foundation. Elements of what I called, he is the rock, he is the natural foundation, if I can use that word. The way people dig and dig until they find the rock. But now we, we can call these and our artificial foundation things that God expects us to do it's not God who is going to build these things for us it is things that we must do are we together and we started off talking about love and fellowship and I'll just just talk about them you know briefly but, but I realize that everything in life, the problems we are facing, the challenges, is because some, somebody did not love well. Somebody said they loved, but they lied. The reason why families are in turmoil is because people just, people just played around with love. And so we must ask God to help us build the right foundation of love. We may have done mistakes in the past, but we can correct it. So I'm not here to make you feel like, oh, I've blown it. No, 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 no. God says you can rebuild that foundation. You can rebuild that foundation. I've struggled with a lot of things because it was my fault, but because, you know, I was born, raised by a single mom. I don't know my father. And all these are things I've had to deal with. But I thank God that by his grace, I've been able to rebuild many of these broken foundations. And my children will never have to struggle with the things I've struggled with. So we, we must rebuild love. Ask God to teach us how to love. Because he is love. You know, it's amazing. There are not many things that God calls himself. But he says, God is so if, if we are wounded, if we are hurt, we just need God. And he will fill us with love again. Amen. So God is love. God, he also calls himself, what I'm going to talk about, says he's the word of God. The Bible says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So God is the word. But he also talks about, Jesus Christ talks about himself and says he is the way, he is the truth. He is the life. So if you, if you want to know the way, Jesus is the way. The way has a name. It is called Jesus. Amen? He is the way. And is the truth and is the life. So God has to help us to rebuild. We have to get back to our families. A lot of the issues that we have, even in our nation, in the nations, comes down to families comes down to families 
many of these decisions we didn't make ourselves. But you, can, you, you cannot change your history, but you can change your destiny. Oh, hallelujah. I said, you have nothing you can do about your past, but you have all the power concerning your future. And that power begins today. Forget about what happened yesterday, what you messed up yesterday, what you did yesterday. There is something that you can do today that can change the course of your destiny. The power is in your mouth. The power is in your hands. The power is in your life. You can say, from this moment, I'm going this direction. And you draw a line in the sand and say, the past is gone. I cannot change it, but I am going to move this direction. So we talked about love. We talked about holiness. The same scripture we read in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse, I think it's verse 21. It says uh, that, I think it's 20, is it 21 or 22? It says, the Lord knows those who are his. And let those who name the name of the Lord. It's not verse 20, it's somewhere, probably 19. Those who call on the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Depart from iniquity. Why does God tell us to run away from sin? Why does God tell us to run away from evil it is not that it can help we're not helping him it is because sin opens a door for the enemy's attacks sin causes us to be vulnerable to the enemy and and god knows that he has given us the power to master he spoke to cain says cain sin is knocking at your door but you have the power to master it so as children of God, one of the things God gives us is grace. Grace is that power to say no when sin comes knocking. And it's going to knock. Temptation is going to come. It comes to everyone, even to pastors. Temptation is there all the time. But you can say no. God is saying, I, those who call on the name of the Lord must depart from iniquity. And the point, as I said, it's a foundation. It's a foundation. Tell your neighbor, it's a foundation issue. It is, it is a foundation issue. The moment there's any crack in your life, it will show up. I was telling somebody, I was just talking to somebody, I said, you know, right now you may not understand what is going on in your life. But I told him, <laughs> I have, I've talked to enough people to see that if you don't change where you are, it never ends well. It never ends well. No matter how you look at it, it just never ends well. I mean, we can hide from people. We can do things, and they look okay today, but the end. Tell your neighbor, foundations about the end. It's, it's about when, 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 when pressure comes, when, when everything comes, will you be able to stand? Tell your neighbor, will you be able to stand? You know, uh, before I even go on, there's this scripture Paul speaks. Now I know, I know this, this, this is not a message that you find every Sunday, so I really want you to hear very well. Because I'm not just interested in you being happy and excited. I'm interested in you being strong. Hallelujah. I'm not even interested in you just being part of this church. 
I want you to, even if I meet you five years from now and you've, you, you're in a different place, I want you just to see you strong and bearing fruit for the Lord. That's my job here. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, it says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. What is that about? Foundations. Be strong in Jesus, in the power of his might. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And after having done everything, you will stand. That means there are those who withstand, but they fail to stand. Life, life can throw blows. If you've lived long enough, or at least as long as I have lived, you know that life can throw things you don't expect. And you're like, where did this come from? I mean, I mean, and, and, and you, you are not prepared for it. That there is an evil day. That's why God says, be strong that you may be able to withstand in. You know, you, 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 you love someone, you think they love you, and then all of a sudden they're gone. And you're like, how do I handle this? I mean, nobody gets into a marriage or relationship expecting divorce or expecting, a, but these things happen. Not everybody, no, 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 not, no, 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 no one sits down and says, oh, I want to be a single parent, but these things happen. How do you handle things in life? That's why you shouldn't be very quick to criticize people. Don't be very quick to judge people. You never know how they got where they got to. But the thing is, how do you stand after withstanding? Yes, you have withstood. You have been through the pain. You have been through the struggle. But are you able to stand after withstanding? Or are you going to become a wounded soldier? Do you know there are soldiers who go to battle and they come out alive. But the rest of their lives, they are wounded. If not physically, emotionally. There are, there, there are men who go to fight and they can't become prisoners of war. They call POWs. God says, I want you to be strong that in the evil day, you will withstand. And after having done everything, you will stand. And one of those things is you've got to have the right foundation of love. That means don't keep people in your heart. Forgive people as quick as you can. Don't be bitter. Don't be an, don't, I mean, because love is going to be, I mean, some people are going to go to hell. Not because they were not preaching, but just because they, they refused to forgive somebody. Because God says, if you don't forgive, I'll not forgive you. So, that, that foundation of love, it, 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 and the devil uses it so much. Do you know most of the things the enemy hits people or us with are things like offense, bitterness. You know, he's not worried as much as you can be preaching, you can do everything, but as long as there's a foundation in your life, he will still know I can enter there. So, the second thing I talked about is Holiness. Holiness, integrity, building on that foundation. Say, you know what? I am going to be straight. I'm going to do things right. Is it easy? No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's very hard for you to be a Daniel and everybody is bowing down. 
and you refuse to bow down. It's not easy. Sometimes we think, and then they've told you if, if, if you do not worship this God, you're going to be thrown in the end of life. You think it was easy. Daniel was human. He must have had nightmares. You know, lions tearing him up. But he would face, I, I, I like what someone said. They say courage is not lack of fear, but courage is fear that has said its prayers. <laughs> you know, so he, he, he knows that, you know, if I'm caught, but he still, he says, I'm going to show these people that I'm not scared of praying. He even opens the window. Why? Because he knows my foundation is here. Oh, somebody. Are you going to be intimidated to show that you're a believer just because it is tough? Or do you really know that Christ is the solid rock on which you stand? That nobody can intimidate you. You're not going to apologize for your faith. You're not going to, to let people think that now, you know, you, you, you're only a convenience Christian. As long as it is convenient. But if you know and I had a very certain story of a certain bishop um, in Uganda. He was a Ugandan bishop that was attacked. These were actually thieves, and they knew who he was. And, and they come to his house, and they were, you know, robbers. And so they, 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 they tell him, um, you know, to surrender certain things, and he gives them everything they want, and they tell him, you know, we still, we're still going to kill you. And he just told them, you know, if this is the way God decided that I will die, just go ahead. I know where I'm going. I'm, this doesn't scare me. It doesn't intimidate me. And, 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 and of course, this guy shoot him and that's how he died. But I was like, that kind of peace when there's a gun right on your head, that's not normal. It takes somebody who knows where they stand. So after having done everything, the Bible says you will I'm almost failing to preach what I'm supposed to preach today. But let me move on quickly. So we, 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 we talked about evangelism and we've done all this. As a child of God, if you are not evangelizing, you're not on a strong foundation. And I can tell you that it's, it's very important as a church. But let's quickly, I only have 15 minutes to preach this. Let's talk about the word of God. Let's talk about the word of God. Why is the word so fundamental in this foundation? Why is the word of God so key in this foundation? And I'm going to give you seven things that the word of God does. Seven things that the word of God does to us. That we need to build on. We read Psalm 138 verse 2 which says that God has exalted his word above his name. We read John chapter 1. I mean John chapter 1 says that God, Jesus is the word. And the word was God. And God, you know, God created everything by the word. Number one, the word of God is the power to cleanse us. To cleanse our minds. To wash us. Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse 3, You are now clean because of the words that I have spoken to you. You are clean because of the word I have given to you. So, we are talking about evil foundations. How do you deal with evil foundations in your life? How do you clean yourself? 
you have to now understand the word of God. You have to read the word, read it, uh, meditate on it. Uh, you know, fill yourself with it. The more you fill yourself with the word of God, God begins to clean you. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. Bible says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved his church and gave himself for it that he may cleanse it by the washing of water by the word. Amen? So that he might sanctify the church having cleansed her by the washing of water. Go back. By the word. So Jesus loved us that he may cleanse us from all the that the wrong thinking cleanse us from all the, the the things we've gone through you know god can actually clean you until you are completely new that is why he wants you to be in his word amen some of us wonder you know how come i'm not I'm still struggling with these thoughts. I'm still struggling with this habit. I'm still struggling with this. Immerse yourself in the word. Fill yourself with the word. Love the word of God. I mean, just give yourself to the word of God. The more you do it, you'll be amazed. You begin to think differently. Hallelujah. You begin to see things differently. You begin to think like God thinks. Number two, which is closely related to cleaning, is transforming. The word of God has the power to transform us. Cleaning is a little bit different because cleaning, I mean, we all know cleaning. You, something is dirty and you clean it up. Transformation means that you're being taken from one state to another. Just like a caterpillar, you have been a lover, but now you're being a pupa, and then now you're being a, a butterfly, you're flying. That transformation, the, the word of God has the ability to transform you. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the standards of the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The biggest battle you and I are going to face is in our minds. Is in our minds. Uh, you know, I've, I've shared this many times, but probably someone has never had this testimony. My, uh, my, my, my transformation of thinking about finances happened, I think it was 2006. We had been struggling. We had come into ministry. We, we, were, we, were, not, we were not able to then pay our rent. Uh, and, and we had come to a place, you know, you can settle in a place and begin to thank God for the wrong things. We were thanking God that this landlady would not ask us for rent. <laughs> Sometimes we would feel like even binding and saying this month. And so for, for like, but you know, we didn't do that. But like for four months, like for four months, she would, for, it's like she's forgotten. She forgets to, to remind us to pay. And of course, then she comes back and somehow God would provide and would pay. But we were in that kind of, it's very difficult. And then God opens for me a door and, and, and I, I travel, I travel to the U.S. That was, I think it was my first, yeah, my first trip there. And you know God, do you know God lifting you from a place and then takes you in another extreme place? 
The people, some of the people who hosted me, they were so wealthy, they had their own jet. So they flew me from, I remember I told them I wanted to go to visit T.D. Jake's church. And, and they, they, they said, oh, no problem. So they, they, they took me in their car, very expensive car. They parked at a private airport. And I still remember, I kept saying, God have mercy upon Africa. Because this private airport, where people just park their, their planes like they're parking their cars, it was more beautiful than most of African airports have flown to. So we, we, they park the car. This guy gets inside the building. You know, he does. And then he comes back. Oh, let's go. So he gets now to his jet. He's, he's, a, he's a pilot. He's the owner. He's a pilot of the plane at the same time. So we, we get into this jet. And then we begin to fly. You know, flying over Texas. Now going to Dallas. And I think when we were there, I, I just said the statement. I says, every African demon of luck. <laughs> You cannot stay here. <laughs> so we, 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 get, we get to this church and, and I remember, you know, entering the porter's house and, you know, the, the carpet, I mean, there are these, these carpets where you feel even your feet are disappearing. I mean, they are thick and nice and the place is beautiful, the lighting. But the problem was not that. When I was there, I look around, you know, some people have deceived us that Africans were cursed. You know, they say, they wrongly misinterpret this scripture, you know, which says Ham, Ham, you know, uh, was cursed, you know, when he saw the father's nakedness. But really, when you read that scripture, Ham was not cursed. It is Canaan who was cursed. And, and the Canaanites are not there on earth today because of that curse. God, that's part of the reason why God told the Israelites, you destroy them completely, remove, erase their name from the earth. But going on, what shocked me, I look around and 99.9% .9 around the place in the potter's house looks like me. And I'm like, okay, if, 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 if there's a problem with my skin, how come all these people are so blessed? And so it's not, it's not about the color. It's something else. So I remember that day the message uh, that T.D. Jakes was preaching was the secret place and he was talking about, I'll never forget that day. It changed my life. He was talking about how, how when the angel of the Lord came to, to Gideon and said, God is with you, mighty man of valor. Most of us would be so excited when an angel visits you and gives you such a compliment. But Gideon was so angry with what he was going through. He says, no, 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 no. If God is with us, where are all the miracles that our fathers told us about? I mean, he begins to challenge this angel and he begins to pray. And I mean, it was actually a prayer. He says, where are all the miracles? Where are all these things that we've been told about? And, and I remember after that, someone, uh, we were invited to pray. I'll never forget that. I said, it changed my life. I was having this burden for Africa. I rushed to the altar. I don't know how long I spent there. I was crying. I spent, I mean, you, you, you groan until you feel like your intestines are coming out of you. And, and, and my groaning was like, God, help us, deliver us. You know, there's something that is just not right. Because these people, they believe the same Bible we believe. They pray.
pray to the same God that we pray to? But how come that this word has worked for them and it is not working for us? And I cried and cried. And by the time I left that place, I knew something had changed. And indeed something changed. Something changed. My life never remained the same. I began to see favor. I began to see open doors. I began to see God lift us from where we are, we were to another place. And God has done. In fact, it was right after that. I've shared this testimony many times. That God touched somebody who paid our rent for 10 years without fail. And, 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 and we bought land. And things begin to change. Something has to be transformed in your life. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The difference between where you are and where you're supposed to be is the instruction you have not obeyed. It is the word that you have not obeyed. Maybe you've had, you know, sometimes we hear this word and just goes through inside through one ear and comes out from the other ear. It doesn't change you. But I pray that from today, that word will begin to transform you. The word of God has power to transform you. Why would us, why would we preach the same gospel and struggle and then you find, I mean, the other thing that really shocked me, one man of God like this, Kenneth Copeland, has given away, not cars, 27 plans. And in Texas, he, the, the, he has his own private airport that is named after him, Kenneth Copeland Airport. And at some point, I don't know whether that's true today, at some point there were more than 300 planes packed there. What kind of God do they believe in? What kind of faith do they have that we cannot believe in, that even as a nation we cannot have that? Someone said transform. Now touch your head and say, God, let your word transform my mind. May my visions become bigger. May my dreams become bigger. May I stop limiting you. May I believe your word. Whatever God has said, he is God enough to fulfill it. Let's, 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 read, let's read this word. Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12. God spoke to Jeremiah and said, I am watching after my word to fulfill it. That's how God takes his word seriously says, I am watching. The Lord says, you have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. Isaiah 55 and verse 9 says what? As the rains do not come from the heavens and come to the earth without watering the earth, so is my word that comes out of my mouth. It cannot come to me empty, but it will fulfill that which I have commissioned it to do. So if he has given us his word to transform us, his word will transform us if we are ready. Number three, the word of God directs us into the will of God. The word of God shows us the will of God. Amen? Back to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, what does it say? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The Amplified says, what is the good, accept, and perfect in his plan and purpose for you? The reason we struggle with the will of God is because we do not know the word of God. Are we together? So the word of God has the ability to 
directing the word of God and the will of God. There is nothing God is going to do that is outside his word. How he dealt with David and Moses is the same way he wants to deal with you. That's why when we read the word, there are some people who, who say, oh no, these promises were for the Israelites. And my question is, Israelites don't need that word today. Most of those Israelites are dead. In fact, all of them. It is you and me who are alive. We are the one who need those promises. So I, I, I claim every promise. I pray every promise. Why? Because those guys, yes, that prophecy was for them, but they are gone. Who is alive today? It's me and you. And it's me who needs that word. So we need to be, the Bible says what? Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The more you love the word of God. Now, it has to be a discipline. It has to be a discipline. And I'm not telling you things that we do not do as a family. We purpose to study the word together, read the word together every day. Now, there are days we may fail, but it is something we have determined to do. Every night we have a devotion and we read at least a chapter or some scripture. We read together. Sometimes we have time even to, to, to talk about it. Why? Because it is important. Every morning when I'm, when I'm, when I'm doing devotions with our children, I, I will read the word. We memorize. I give them a memory verse. Why? Because the word of God has to be the foundation. Someone say the foundation. You've got to build on that word. Believe that word. Believe that word. Even Jesus Christ, the son of God, when the enemy came, he did not declare fast. He just said, it is written. It is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Tell your neighbor, you, you better love the word. Hallelujah. Number four, the word of God activates faith. I wish I had time to go through all these things, but I'll just give them to you. The word of God activates faith. Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What is, we, what is faith? Faith is the ability to see what other people do not see. That's the easiest definition of faith. When you have faith, you have another eye. Now forget about this eye of the Illuminati and all those people, the, the occult people. That's not the eye I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ability to walk by revelation. You are able to see what other people do not see. You are able to do, because you can, you can see what other people do not see, you begin to do what other people cannot do. And that is the kind of life that God created you for. God says in the book of Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4, he says, The just shall live by faith. My righteous one shall live by faith. You don't live by what you see. You don't live by the economy. We are not controlled by the Bay of Sugar in Kenya. No, 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 no. We have a greater economy than that. Oh, praise the Lord. So stop cursing yourself and saying, oh, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to make it. That is not your life. Your life is bigger than that. Are we together? But you've got to be able to see. That's why even before God could give Jeremiah that word, he says, you have seen 
well. That means they're seeing wrongly. Because you're so focused. The reason people don't walk by faith is because they are saturated by what they see. They are so obsessed by what they see. They are so filled up. And I'm not talking about just seeing, but what they are hearing, what they are feeling. You know, they, they, these things are so much, they are so overwhelming that instead of walking by faith, they, they just cannot. They, they are so, the word would be inundated, bombarded, filled up with these things. But God is saying, no, 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 fill yourself with the word of God. Hallelujah. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16 says that the word of God dwell in you richly, richly. Have that word of God. Let us move, impact church, let us move from shallow places to depth in the word of God. Hallelujah. So faith, activate faith. You're going to make it because of faith. The Bible says whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is our victory over the world, even our so your victory is going to be determined by your faith. Number five, the word of God instructs us in righteousness. The word of God instructs us in righteousness. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, All scripture is inspired by God. All scripture is inspired. God breathed. And it is useful or profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error, restoration to business, for training in righteousness. So the instruction in righteousness comes from the word of God. Amen? The more you have, when we talk about righteousness, it means right standing with God. What it really means, righteousness, because many times we talk about righteousness, people just think about sin. But righteousness is really being rightly aligned with God. That means you may have a life where you are not involved in sin, but when you're not righteous. Because you are not aligned with God. Your, your dreams are not aligned with God. Your vision is not aligned with God. Every day you're just thinking about how you can live for yourself. But a righteous man is a man who is in the correct posture. They're like, God, your will is what I want to do. Your life is what I want to live. So the, the word of God instructs us in, in righteousness. Amen. That is number what? Number six? Number five. Number seven. Number six, sorry. The word of God corrects us. Bible says it is profitable for correction. God wants to do great things in our lives and so when he wants to do certain things there are certain things he will not do unless he corrects us that's why I, you know I, I learned a long time ago that when God corrects me it's just because he loves me sometimes the challenge we have in church is we, we want just messages that massage us you know, make us feel good. When, 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 when a preacher speaks something, 
you know, that feels like correction, you get offended. And you look for someone who will say something that massages you. But many times the preacher doesn't even know what you're going through. But the word of God is meant for correcting us. Why? Because there's a place God wants you to go. Tell your neighbor you're going to blossom. You will blossom more. But before you to blossom, you have to be pruned. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. Now, now let's look at the scripture. It says those which are bearing fruit, he does what? That they may bear more. So sometimes correction is not even that you're sinning or you're doing something wrong. God is just saying, no, no, no. You're doing so well, my son, my daughter. So I need to prune you that you may do even better. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the word of God brings that correction. I mean, I have told God, I said, God, I am ready. I know it is not easy. But anything that will bring the best out of me, please bring it on. I just whatever discipline I have to go through, I would rather go through the discipline today than suffer the consequences of lack of correction. I mean, I struggle, I've struggled a lot of things in my life because I never had a mentor growing up. I never had a, you know, these days, I don't know, those days we were growing up, there was nothing like mentors, coaches. I mean, we just figure things out somehow. You know, but these days, there's, everybody's talking about mentors and coaching and all these things. <laughs> but but, but I, 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 the Holy Spirit has been my coach. There are mistakes I could have made, but unless the Holy Spirit just says, ah, there, don't go there. You know, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just uh, read uh, that scripture. says what? Every, every plant, 15, John 15, that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may bear even more fruit. Everything, and then, and then finally, the word of God comforts us, strengthens us. The word of God is there to be a source of comfort, to be a source of strength, to be a source of... You know, the good thing I love about our God is even after he's beaten you up, even after he's corrected you, he's, he's, he comforts you. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's not doing this to harm you. No, no, no. Even when he corrects us, even when he instructs us, I want to finish with this scripture. I believe it will, it will encourage somebody. It has always encouraged me. Your situation is not permanent. I don't know. It's only one person believes that. I said your situation is not permanent. Yes, it is the word of God. It says, after he has, you've suffered a while. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 10. We'll finish with that scripture. Isn't the word of God so comforting? I mean, there are scriptures you read. I don't know about you. There, there are times I read the Bible and I feel full. I feel so blessed. The word of God is just so sweet and so delicious. Oh, hallelujah. 
seems like I'm only speaking my own things. But verse, verse 10, chapter five, 5 and verse 10, First Peter says, After you have suffered for the little while, the God of grace, who imparts his blessing and favor, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself complete you. He will confirm you. He will strengthen you. And he will establish you. Wherever you are going through, as someone said, you are just going through. Whatever you're going through, you are going through. You're not stopped. You're not, God is not going to let you die in that wilderness. God is not going to let you be destroyed where you are. He is going to build you. That's why, I mean, every time I... I see this church, I don't see where we are. I don't see how few we are. I don't see anything. I already seeing a picture of what God showed me, where we are going. And I'm like, I don't know how long it's taking, but I, the same God who called us, he will complete what he started. He will finish what he started. He is faithful to his word. He says the word that I have spoken, I will watch over it to fulfill it. Faithful is he who promised. The God who saved you is going to help you. The God who saved you is going to sustain you. The God who saved you is going to uphold you. The God who saved you is going to lift you up. Though nobody else thinks about you, that God says, I will establish you. My word will establish you. Can we rise up on our feet? My word will strengthen you. Oh, hallelujah. There is power in the word of God. There is power in the word of God. I speak the word of God to you in Jesus' mighty name. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them from all their affliction. I release the word of God to you in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak to you that you are not beneath, but you are above. I speak to you that you are blessed of God. You are highly favored of God. I speak to you in the mighty name of Jesus that the word of God that is in you is an incorruptible word. Nothing will destroy the seed of God that he has planted in you. I declare to you the word of God today that you will not fail but you will make it in the name of Jesus. I declare to you the word of God which says that we consider the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich he became poor for our sakes that through him we might become rich. I declare to you that you shall not remain poor. You shall not always struggle. You will not always struggle. God is delivering you. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody need begin to declare this word. Be become your own prophet today. Get the word of God and begin to declare, I know it is written. I know it is written. I know it is written. Let's pray for a few minutes. Begin to pray. I don't, I don't know what God spoke to you. Maybe, perhaps there are certain foundations that as we were, as I was preaching, that God began to reveal to you that are evil foundations that you have been building on. It is time for you to repent and say, God, I'm sorry for building on the wrong foundations. Now I want to build on your word. Now I want to build in prayer. Now I want to build in the... Uh, you are the master builder you are the master builder Jesus you are the master builder I surrender my life to you build me again build me again build 
me again. Rebuild the broken foundations in my life. Rebuild the broken foundations in my family. Rebuild the broken foundations in my marriage. Rebuild the broken foundations in my in this ministry. Oh God. The message is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Polvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words.